Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Today, we're actually going to flip the script because today we've been talking about throughout the series, Evil King Nebuchadnezzar. But today we're going to talk about the things that Nebuchadnezzar had to get through and how the evil king Nebuchadnezzar got through. Now, if you know the story of Nebuchadnezzar, you're probably thinking to yourself, what do you mean the evil king Nebuchadnezzar had to get through things? He's rich. He's powerful. He has influence. If he don't like somebody, he don't even have to talk to them. He can just kill them. And it'd be legal. How could somebody like that be going through things? But he goes through one of the toughest trials in the book of Daniel, which is just a lesson before the lesson that you should never judge someone's internal health by the outward appearance of their success. He's a king on the outside, but on the inside, he is going through it. I know a Christian uh, recording artist who said, man, I always wanted a Grammy. I've been writing so many albums and I never got a Grammy. I don't write for the Grammy, but it would be nice to have a Grammy. And he got on Wikipedia because he knew this other Christian artist who has seven Grammys. So he was like, I wonder what life choices he made to help get him seven Grammys because I want to do what he did. And while wikipedia him, he found out that the Christian celebrity had seven Grammys and five wives. <laughs> made him think twice about following that plan for success. I'm just telling you, don't be jealous of the person who's always smiling when they come to church because sometimes you don't know how many pills it took for that person to put that smile on. Don't be envious of the people who have big cars and big houses and drive nice things and, because sometimes it's the people who have the nicest things who are in the biggest debt. Don't be fooled. Don't be seduced. Don't be envious about what's on the outside. Sometimes the inside doesn't look or match like the outside. So uh, God is about to take King Nebuchadnezzar through it. And the coolest thing about what God does when he takes Nebuchadnezzar through it is he actually tells him when he's going to get out of it. And if you're one of those people who loves to track your Amazon package every two minutes, this is where you say amen. Because I wish I could put a tracking on my blessing. I wish I could put a tracking on my breakthrough. I wish I could put a tracking on, you know, my kids' blessings. And some of y'all single people wish you could put a tracking (laughs) on that person. Some of y'all who are dating wish you could put a tracking on an engagement ring because you've been looking for a minute and it is nowhere to be found. Listen, here's what God told me to tell you. Lean in on this. God told me to tell you that today's message is the Amazon tracking of your prayer. That's what today's message is. The Amazon tracking of your deliverance, the Amazon tracking of your breakthrough. He told me he was going to tell you today, he was going to give you your win. Yeah. Now let's see if the word of God lives up to that. It always does. Daniel chapter four, verse 25. He tells, this is Daniel interpreting the dream from King Nebuchadnezzar. You will be driven from human society and you will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow and you will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the most high rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. But the stump and roots of the tree, this is his promise that he will get through. And I think that's so cool. If God talks to his enemies that way, how gracious is he to his children? 
but the stump and roots of the tree that were left in the, left in the ground. That means that you will receive your kingdom back again. Here's when it'll come back to you. When you have learned that heaven rules. Pastor, I'm going through this. How long am I going to go through this for? God told me to tell you. You're going to be going through this until you learn. The title of today's message is Until You Learn. Amen. You know, I had to take summer school when I was younger. I was a fairly smart kid, or at least an average kid. Raise your hand if you were an A student in school. A student? Okay. Raise your hand if you were like a B plus. Okay. Any B students? No B students? Like three B students? You're either really good at school or you suck at this church. One of the two. No Bs in the middle. I was like a B student. When I really applied myself, I was like an A student. Only failed one class. It was chemistry. Don't like chemistry. Never liked chemistry. Not a fan of the periodic table. Still not a fan of the periodic table. Don't get it. Don't know why I need it. Oxygen. That's all I need to know. Carbon dioxide. After that, I don't care. I really don't care. But I had to take summer school. And in summer school, if you didn't pass the class, you get held back. I don't know if they have summer school in Florida because I don't really go to high school that much in Florida. Do they have summer school in Florida? Yes. I didn't know if it was illegal. It's like, it's like too hot. Go to fall school. <laughs> Winter school, spring school, no summer school. It's too hot. I didn't know how they do it there. And uh, as I was thinking about getting left back, and I didn't, thank goodness, I started to wonder, just randomly, some of my brain works. I started to wonder, I wonder how old you can legally be before they kick you out. Like, how many times until the teacher's like, you gotta go, man. I didn't didn't pass the test. I know, but you you just go. go. Like, is there a law? James, you used to be a teacher. I don't know if you, I didn't know, I Googled it. So I don't know if my research was correct or not. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But it said when you turn 21, is that right? You gotta go. Like, imagine the 20-year-old who's like, I did it. And they're like, not really. (laughs) But you you just can't stay here (laughs) anymore. So apparently that's the law. But apparently that wasn't always the law. I was looking it up online. There was this guy who grew up in the 60s in upstate New York. And he said it wasn't always like that. So on the chat, this is what he said in the forum. He said, really? He said, I graduated high school in upstate New York in 1969. The two oldest students that I was with were in eighth grade. Two of the boys in my homeroom were 21 years old. Then he put it in bold. 21 years old in eighth grade. <laughs> he said, back then, you could drop out of school at age 16. However, you were required to complete eighth grade. <laughs> they, look at this. The students, they parked their cars in the teacher's lot and then went to their jobs after school. Hey, you want to play? Got to go to Foot Locker. Sorry, can't go. Got to go to work. Factory's calling. I love the last sentence. Great guys in homeroom for a 13-year-old. Actually, they were very nice. More interested in the 23 to 24-year-old teachers than the rest of us. Oh, that's so funny. And so sad. Could you imagine? I'm about to start preaching. Could you imagine being 21 years old and still trying to solve eighth grade problems. Huh? Could you imagine 
being 21, still trying, still can't figure out. Eighth grade problems. Oh my God, can you believe she had a party? She posted it on social media and she did not invite me to the party and I'm so hurt and so offended because I thought we were friends. That's not an eighth grader talking. That's a 28 year old talking. Her whole week ruined because she get invited some kid's two year old birthday party. Huh? You got some extra money? Yeah, I got some extra money. What are you gonna do with the extra money? Are you gonna invest in the business? Are you gonna put away for retirement? Ooh, are you gonna pay down debt? Nah, I'm gonna get the new J's. I'm gonna get the new J's. I'm gonna buy that new video game that Call of Duty 45 just came out. I'm gonna get that. It's gonna be good. Madden 39 just came out. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna go buy Disney passes and go on vacation because I gotta invest in my mental health. You know what will really help your mental health? Getting out of debt would really help your mental health. That's not an eighth grader talking with their part time check. That's the 42 year old talking about their tax refund. Huh? Eighth grade problems. Still can't get past them. I noticed you guys used to be real close. Now you don't talk anymore. What happened? Well, he said, and then she said, and then we just stopped talking. Well, did you ever resolve it? Did you guys ever address the elephant in the room? Did anybody ever apologize? Nope, we just stopped talking. And then what? Then I blocked her. And then what? Then I unfollowed him on social media. <laughs> but now, hear me, but now, because you didn't learn how to squash stuff in the eighth grade, now you have no idea how to handle it when you get married. Because now you can't block your spouse. I mean, you try, it's called the cold shoulder. You can unfollow them all they want. They're going to come home. But because you didn't learn how to slay demons as a teenager, you fighting devils as an adult. Because you didn't learn. You didn't learn. And I just want to tell you today, let's stop blaming the devil. And let's stop blaming God. There are some trials in our life that only God can decide when they end. I'm speaking to anybody fighting cancer right now. The Lord's got a timer on that trial. We trust in him. Well, those, seri- those, those other issues, those are, but there are some trials, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you, listen, that God does not determine when they end. You and I determine when they end because they will end when we learn. When we learn. When we learn. Listen, you know when you're gonna stop fighting with your health? When you learn to diet and exercise. You know when you're going to stop being so financially strapped all the time? When you learn to budget and tithe. It's, it's you, you know when you're going to stop being stressed? I'm going to tell you when you stop. When you learn to make a schedule. And you stop waking up just, I don't even know how you live. How do you even know what's happening in the day? I talk to some people, I'm like, put it on your schedule. They're like, I don't have a schedule. I'm like, how do you live? You must be so stressed not knowing. People probably show up at your house like, hey. And you're like, my bad, didn't have it on the schedule. That's stressful. When you learn, you will leave. Mm. Say it with me. When I learn, I will leave. Amen. There are four things that God wants Nebuchadnezzar to learn. And I think if we're going to get through this, if you're going to get through this, whatever your this is, I believe that these four apply to you. Or here's the first thing I want you to learn. Rather, God wanted Nebuchadnezzar to learn, I think, for all of us. The first thing we've got to learn is life is fragile. Life is so fragile, man. 
Daniel chapter 4, verse 28 through 29. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. And 12 months later, someone say 12 months later. As the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, immediately, say immediately. We're going to talk about that dichotomy in just a second. What had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. Here's my question. If he got the prophecy 12 months earlier that if he didn't change, something bad was going to happen, why didn't he change? 12 months before it happened, God said, this is going to happen if you don't change. And he said, oh, thank you. Matter of fact, he told Daniel, thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a good word. I appreciate that. That's how sometimes we can be when we come to church. Go word, but then we don't apply it. My bad, I didn't mean to. Your neighbor, don't apply it. Person next to you doesn't apply it. And, um, and so, but I honestly think, honestly, there's a reason. Hear me. I think the reason why Nebuchadnezzar wasn't afraid of it happening was because even though Daniel said it might happen, he didn't think it could ever happen to someone like him. I'm too young for that to happen to me. We've been married too long for that to happen to us. I make too much money for that to happen to me. I'm too young for that to happen to me. And God had to show him through a process of trials, hey, life is fragile. Hey, the relationships around you, they're fragile. As strong as you think they may be, they're, they're fragile. Um, I remember on uh, Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas one day with my cousin, Phil, uh, I, we had a box left over from, from some toy. It was a big box. He got in it. I could get in it, both of us. And I had these carpets back in the day. I don't know if you got carpets like this now, but uh, we had these stairs from the second floor to the first floor, and it was carpet stairs. And we have carpet stairs in our house. Yeah, so we still have it. I have carpet stairs. I was the worst chore ever. My chore in the house was vacuuming the carpet stairs. But the vacuum was this big and the stair was that big. I was like, I don't even know, mom. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was so short. So frustrated. Then the bottom, it was real difficult. Um, they didn't have the rainbow like we had now, babe. Uh, so anyway, he had a great idea. He said, um, JJ, we should get in the box and ride the cardboard box down the carpet stairs, because it's carpet, you just come down. And I was like, that's an amazing idea. And so we took some pillows, we put it at the bottom of the stairs, and there was a railing after the bottom of the stairs. So we're thinking this is a foolproof, safe plan. We go down the stairs, ride in our box, it, it was fun. What we didn't account for was Phil was in front, so when he hit the pillow first, it created a catapult effect <laughs> from the back. So that flew me over the railing where there were no pillows. I land on the floor. I get up. I look at him. And what do you think I said? Let's do it again. Not I almost died. Let's do it again. The problem was not the idea is that we need more pillows. Let's do it again. Because when I, I, I look at that now and I go, that was so stupid. But at 10, you could have died. But at 10, you don't think about dying. At 10, you think you're invincible at 10. One of my kids, I won't say who, but I have to keep telling them to put his seatbelt on when he gets in the car every time. I'm like, Bobby, you need to put your seatbelt on. And he goes, I don't need to put my seatbelt on. I said, why? He said, because I'm not getting into an accident today. I said, I don't think you know how accidents work. Nobody gets up in the morning and is like, Today's the day. <laughs> better, better buckle up. He wrestles with putting on his seatbelt because he's never been in an accident, but get in one car accident. Right? And you never leave, you'll never drive off without your seatbelt again. Why? Because it isn't until you realize you can lose it 
that you start to take care of it. Isn't that the truth? And then until you realize you can lose it, listen, you know why we miss the kids' sports games? You know why we skip evening prayer with them? Because secretly in the back of our mind, we say things like, I'll do it tomorrow night. But take it from somebody who's been there and lost that. Tomorrow night is not guaranteed. You know why we eat crazy and stay up crazy hours of the night? Because we think our health will never deteriorate. But one day, you turn 40. And one day, you're going to bend down to pick something up. And something's going to click. You're not going to know what clicked. Something's going to pop. You're not going to know one day someone's going to take a picture of you on the beach. You can be like, who's that guy? <laughs> and, why, and why is he? What is that? You know what I love about the passage of scripture? You know what it said? Listen, it said 12 months later, immediately. Ooh. 12 months later, immediately. In other words, it doesn't hit you until it hits you until it hits you. You, you. you take your kids for granted all their whole life, and then one day they go to college. You took your parents for granted your whole life. They've always been there for you, and then one day they're not there for you. And then 12 months later, immediately. Why, you got to make the most of it now. I'm trying to, this is my point. Listen, you won't be able to enjoy life until you make the most of life, but you won't be able to make the most of life until you learn to appreciate life. This is why we go through loss to appreciate life. This is why we go through breakups to appreciate relationships. I'm not going to treat this person the same way I treated the last person. And I'm not going to settle to be treated the way I was treated in the last one. I'm going to learn from this one so that I can apply it to the next one. But it's fragile. Here's the second thing I think God wanted to teach you and teach me when we go through trials. This is a good one, but it's going to sting a little bit. So if it's you, just say amen. Don't elbow your neighbor. Say amen. Here's the second thing he wants to teach you. It's not about me. It's not about me. Not a lot of amens. But I did see a lot of elbows right there. Say, it's not about me. Daniel chapter 4, verse 30. Nebuchadnezzar said, is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? And the moment he said, I, my, my, the Bible says that he had a mental breakdown. The moment he said, I, my, my, you know why? That rhymed. You know why? Because human beings are not designed to carry that much weight. Our brains are not built to carry that much pressure. People say, no, he got punished because he didn't give God glory. But do you know what the word glory translated from the Hebrew into the English actually means? Weight. Here's why you're not praising God yet, because you don't understand the revelation in that. That means when you worship, that's why worship makes you feel so good. Because when you worship, you're taking the weight that was on you from your week and you're putting it onto Jesus, who is the one who carries that weight. That's why worship feels so good. But when you don't give God glory, the weight that should be on the shoulders of your Savior fall on you. So he looks at everything he built. He goes, I built that. I did that. Me did Fine, but now you got to keep doing it then. The glory. You want to take the glory? Then take the weight. Take the weight. Let me just tell you, listen, let me show you. This will help you. This is a, an image of a, of a bullseye. Be careful when you make you the center of your life. Because when you make you the center of your life, hear me, what's ever at the center becomes a target. This is why we get offended so easily. People will text us, we'll text people rather, and we'll see that they got it because the little bubbles popped up. 
and then the red receipt. That's why I don't, I don't mess with them red receipts. I take them off my phone and you can't, you'll never know if I saw your text. But some people like to be held accountable. They have the red receipts on. And you see the red receipt. You're like, they read it, but they don't write back. They don't write back for two or three days. And those two or three days, you are cursing them out in your mind. I can't believe they, no, they're not our friends anymore. What did I do to them? I can't believe this, how you don't like me. And what did she say? And I, that's un unbelievable. What kind of responsible person puts the bubble but doesn't hit sin? And you know what? I knew it. They were always like that. And this was, and this was, you know what happened? They opened it up. They saw it. They started typing. And then while they were typing, their phone died. And they left their charger at home. So then they get home. And they charge their phone, it turns on, but now the little blue bubble next to the message that shows them that they have an unread message is gone. And now, because they don't have a blue bubble, they forgot to text you back. But that's not what happened in your mind. In your mind, so it's, so it's really about their forgetfulness, not about you at all, but in your mind, you had a whole story, a whole novel planned out. And it's not even about you. Why do we get so upset when we see people in the lobby and they don't say hi to us? Because you saw them, but they didn't see you. Somebody go, that's a lie. She looked right at me. That's a lie. <laughs> don't lie, pastor. I saw. Maybe they were busy. Maybe they were preoccupied. I'm just trying to tell you, it's not about you. If you won't make life about you, then everything that happens is going to be an attack. You know why you can't stop fighting with the person that you love? Because you can't get over how what they did made you feel long enough to see how what you did made them feel. Tell me your argument doesn't go something like this. You can't even hear the person. You're all like, I can't believe you said that. You don't know how offended I was when you said that to me, how you disrespected me, how you talked back to me, how you raised your voice to me. You can't even process it because you can't get past me to realize that it takes two people to dance, baby. Two people. So if we're going to have a fight, there was something I did in that fight and you can't see it because you still can't get over what they did to you. It's not about you. Let me give you a better way of living. Instead of having you at the center of your life, how about you put Jesus at the center of your life? And this is more, hear me out, this is more than just Christianese spiritualize it. This is the most practical thing you can do when it comes to navigating trials. When Jesus is at the center of your life and Jesus allows something to happen to you, ask yourself, how is the thing that he allowed in my life, in my life to affect others? to help others. In other words, if Jesus allows financial difficulty in your life, maybe you got to look at it as, maybe Jesus allowed financial difficulty in my life to teach me the frugality for when I become wealthy to have the margin in my income to be able to be generous to bless others. Did you see that? How is Jesus using this to change me to help others? If Jesus allows trauma in your life, ask yourself, how is this trauma a changing me? Maybe Jesus allowed this trauma to teach me to heal from this particular trauma so that I can help other people heal from the same trauma. Do you get it? This is a game changer. Stop asking, why is this happening to me? And start asking, how is Jesus using the thing that's happening to me? That will save you. Why is this happening? You're never going to... Instead, how is Jesus using this to change me to put, put it back on the screen? Because it also works in reverse. You can also say, listen, how are what others doing to me going to help me get closer to Jesus? He betrayed me. 
He backstabbed me. He cheated on me. I'm sorry that that happened. But if you allow that betrayal, that betrayal can draw you closer to the one who will never betray you. If Jesus is the center of your life. If Jesus is the center of your life. I can't believe they criticized me and talked bad about me. Okay, I'm sorry. But if you allow it, that criticism can expose in you that you require too much approval from the validation of others. So now go to Jesus for the approval and the validation. Are you seeing that? How other people can affect me to get me to Jesus or how Jesus can allow things to affect me to change others. Put Jesus at the center of your life. I'm gonna give you the last two really quickly and then we'll go into baptisms. The third thing you need to learn is I'm not in charge. I am not in charge. Daniel chapter 4, verse 32. Seven times will pass by for you until you learn that who rules? The most high rules over kingdoms of the world. They give them to anyone he chooses. My wife has been trying to get our kids to be a little more calm and bring a little more peace into the house. Every morning they would wake up and they'd be stressed about the day's activities, not knowing what's happening and just, oh, I didn't know that was gonna happen. I didn't know we were going there. I didn't know we had that meeting. I didn't know we... So what my wife did, she's a genius. She created a schedule for every day of the week. Go ahead and put this schedule up. This is a real picture of a schedule. This schedule changes every day. This is like, I went downstairs and took a picture of it before service. Schedule, 7.50, not today, this was during the week. Brush teeth, comb hair. 7.30, clean room and bathroom. 8 a.m., pull-ups, let's go. 8.15, breakfast and clean kitchen. 9 a.m., homeschool work. And you know what? The kids, they love it. They still don't get to do everything that they want, but they love it that there is a plan. Now, somebody here is thinking, Pastor JJ, I wish God gave me one of those. That would be awesome. I wouldn't complain if God gave me one of those. 7.15, find your man. 7.30, man proposes. 8 a.m., wedding with the man. 8.15, if it was a guy's left honeymoon. 8, 9, 9 a.m., have kids. 10.30, kids graduate college, summa cum laude. 1.30, retire. 2.30, buy the beach house. 3 o'clock, go to heaven. I would love that. If God gave me a schedule, I would be awesome. But you're missing the point. I'm not telling you that the schedule gives me peace because on it is everything that I want. The schedule gives me peace because everything that was on it, here's what I know, it was scheduled. That's a good word. I wish you would receive that. So when something happens to you that you didn't expect and it freaks you out, you have peace in knowing it was on his schedule. 7 a.m. breakdown. 8 a.m., make it to church. 9 a.m., marriage. 10.15, divorce. 12 p.m., restoration. 1 p.m., the next chapter of your life. 3 p.m., the business. 4 p.m., the child born. 5 p.m., I'm just telling you, there's a schedule in heaven on what seems like surprises to you, God is prepared for. And if there's peace, if you wanna get through this, you gotta have peace knowing it surprises me got a schedule. And I'm going to ride this schedule on to my deliverance. Ride this schedule on to my breakthrough. Ride this schedule on to freedom. Ride this schedule on to the next chapter. Ride this schedule on. If you want to get through it, listen, you can't control going through it. But if you want to get through it, you have to learn that you can't control it. Jesus' name in the Bible is Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. When I read that, the Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, JJ, that's a package deal. 
You can't have my peace if I'm not your prince. You cannot have my shalom, the peace of God, if I am not sovereign over your life. Which was it gonna be? I only bring peace when you allow me to be. Here's the last thing we all need to learn. I'm gonna end this series the way I started it. The reason why we're going through it, because some of us still haven't learned this yet. I need God. Daniel 4:34. After this time had passed, I Nebuchadnezzar, after this time had passed, I Nebuchadnezzar looked up to heaven and my sanity returned. And I praised and worshiped the Most High and honored the one who lives forever. I learned I need God. My son was in the back room doing sixth, sixth grade math. And he's like, Dad, can you help? I'm like, what you doing? It was like improper fractions and like decimals. And it was like something to the powers. He was like, Papa, he's like, Dad, what's 11 to the fourth powers? And I'm like, Papa, I don't know nothing about no powers. The only power that I know is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only power I know. I couldn't help him. What was my problem? Did I, did I never learned it? Or that I forgot what I learned? Can I talk to Christians really quickly? I know you learned this at some point in your life that you need God. But I wonder if you learned something else after it that made you forget what you learned in the beginning. That advancement in life is not about strategies and about all the other additions. That if you want to get through this, you need God. And maybe what you're going through is a reminder to come back to the beginning. Come back to the foundation. Coming to church, lifting up your hands, praising God, worshiping, getting on a team, getting in a group. It doesn't get more, it doesn't get simpler than that. I need God. I need God. Still others who are on the fence with their relationship with Christ today, let me encourage you. Are you there yet? Where, Pastor JJ? Am I at a place of frustration? No, we're all there. We've all been there. Am I at a place of brokenheartedness? No, we've all been there. Am I at a place of desperation? No, we've all been there. Are you at a place called this time? It took seven years for Nebuchadnezzar to arrive at this time. This time is hidden in desperation. This time is hidden in heartbreak. This time is hidden in pain. But this time is when you get to heartbreak, when you get to desperation, instead of running to a person, instead of turning to pills, instead of going to the club, you say, no, this time I look up to heaven. And this time I give God my attention. And this time I invite him to do in me everything he wants to do in me. This isn't like the last time when I came to church. This isn't like the last time when I asked God to change my life. No, no, no. This time God is going to do a miracle in my life. This time, are you at this time yet? If so, every head bowed, every eye closed. If this time you're ready to give your life to Jesus, when I say three, I want you to raise your right hand high to the sky. I need you, Jesus, this time. You grew up in church your whole life. You could quote the Bible front and back. Yeah, but that was last time. This time, this time, this time. Come on, don't let this time escape you. Don't let this time pass you by. Don't let this time be a moment you miss it. This time, like those who are getting baptized, you know what they said? There is no guarantee for tomorrow. Next baptism isn't until January 2023. They said, this time I'm going in because life is fragile because it's not about me and I need God. I need God this time. That's you when I say three, I want you to shoot your right hand high to the sky and just say, I need you, Jesus. All over this building on three, this time's different. If that's you, one, two, three, raise your right hand high. Come on, if that's you, wow, all over this building. 
this time, 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 this time. I want you to repeat this prayer with me whether you raise your hand or not. Everyone out loud say, Jesus, this time is different. This time I'm all in. This time I give you my past and my future. Make you my Lord. Be my prince and my peace. This time, forgive me for all I've done. I give you my future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for all those. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.